بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الحمد للہ چنائی از دا ٹوینٹی سکس آف آگسٹ ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ We are now taking a glimpse into the fathomless prophetic knowledge, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And again, outstanding statements made by the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the next section entitled, Man is created from both the male and female gamut. Man is created from both the male and female gamut. So in a hadith in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 4206-4424, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahumma, he said, A Jewish man, he once passed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whilst he was conversing to some of his companions, radiyallahu ta'ala. Some people from the Quraysh do said, said to the Jewish man, O Jew, This man claims he is a prophet. Mm. So this was in the Makkah period. The unbelievers were in charge of, obviously, the haram at the time. And the prophet is talking to some of the sahaba and a Jew walks past. So the unbelieving Quraysh told, let's have some fun. So they said to the Jew, this man claims to be a prophet. The Jew thereupon said, لَأَسْعَلَنَّهُ عَنْ شَيْءٍ I shall ask him about something that only a prophet would know. He approached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he sat and he said, Ya Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Mimma yakhlaqul insan. Mimma yukhlaqul insan. From what is man created? Rasulullah replied, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Yahudi, Min kulli yukhlaqo min nutfatil rajuli wa min nutfatil mar'a. O Jew, a man is created from the union of both the sperm of a man and the ovum of a woman. As for the nutfa, the sperm of a man, it is thick and from it The al-azmu, the bones, and al-asab, the nerves are created. As for the woman's nutfa, i.e. ovum, it is thin. And from it, al-lahm, the flesh, and adam, the blood, are created. The Jewish man just looked at the Prophet and he stood and he said, This is what those before you used to say, O Muhammad. So let's look at this. So what did the Jew say to the unbelieving Quraysh? I'm going to ask him something. Only a prophet knows. That indicates he was a rabbi. Because the guy on the street is not going to come out with a statement like that. So obviously it's something very, very detailed that he knew. Only very few people apart from the prophets knew. 
So what did he ask him? The question was very innocent. Looks like an innocent question. Mimma yukhlaqul insan. From what is man created? So the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned something at the beginning, but then he went into detail. The first thing he said, the man is created, or the human being is created, from the union of both the sperm of a man and the ovum of a woman. But the word is nutfa. Nutfa of the man, nutfa. But obviously it's referring to the sperm of the man, the ovum of the woman. Then he said something which even today's experts in the field, it blows them away. As for the nutfa of a man, it is thick. And then what did he say? From it, the al-azmu, the bones, and al-asab, the nerves are created. Have they discovered that? Yes. As for the woman's nutfa, the ovum, it is thin. From it, Allahm, the flesh, and Adam, the blood, is created. The Jewish man then said, this is what the previous prophets used to say. So Hafiz ibn Hajar Askalani, he commented here in Fat al-Bari. Many anatomists, they claim that the male semen has no role in the creation of the child except for the conception and that it is formed from the menses blood. However, the ahadith proved the falsehood of this claim. So this is about 500 years ago. Ibn Hajjid is talking, Rahmatullahi. So he's now using revelation and he's using it to get rid of the rubbish. So what were the people saying? And obviously they don't know any better. They were saying, look, definitely man is involved in the formation of a child. But it's only the conception. After that, it's the blood, the menses of the woman that really gets everything, you know, sorted. So Ibn Hajar said, incorrect. The hadith proof otherwise. Similarly, Hafiz Ibn Qayyim, rahmatullahi, in his At-Tibyan fi ulum al-Qur'an, he echoed, the child is not created from the male semen alone, unless it is mixed with another substance from the female. Meaning they are both involved, not just in conception, but in the what's happening to the child. It explicitly mentions in the Quran, in Surah Al-Insan, Surah 76, verse 2, Audhu Billahi Minashaitan Verily, we created man from a combined nutfa. So it explicitly says in the Quran that insan, human being, is created from a mixed nutfa. What is that? Abdullah ibn Abbas and others, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum, they explained. Amshaj, the combined nutfa, is the mixing of the male fluid with the female fluid. Mm. This is in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir. Mm. Whilst Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he added, radiyallahu, its mingled nature is its inherited characteristics, i.e. from both its mother and father. Mm. Its mingled nature is nutfa amshajd, which the Quran refers to, is its inherited characteristics from both its mother and father. This is in Tabarani in Al-Tafsir 29-205. So now question, is it possible, 
over 1,400 years ago to have known this. Mm-hmm. So you say, right, conception occurs with the man and woman, everybody agrees, yes. Who's now responsible for the development of the child in the, womb, in the mother's womb? So the theory start coming. They actually start th- thinking it was the mother. Yeah. The male has got nothing to do with anything now. Incorrect. How could anybody have even guessed to say this? Think about it. What's the odds of saying this by pure guess? The man's role in the development of the unborn child is with regards to the bones and the nerves. What's the odds of even saying that? And guess what? He's right. Then, what's the role of the woman? The role of the woman is the formation of the flesh and the blood. He's right. So again, note, when it comes to the prophetic knowledge, where is he getting this knowledge from? And we say he's getting it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Impossible. You know, you know, when you say impossible, it really means impossible. You can't guess this. And even in today's day and age, you go to a learned person and you mention this fact to him, he might not know. He goes, is that true? That the male, uh, the sperm is responsible for the formation of the bones and the nerves. You won't check it out. And the female, you know, uh, the ovum is responsible for the the flesh and the blood. Go and check it. Mm. Prove the prophet wrong. Mm. And when they look into it, they come back, either they take shahada, <laughs> right? Or they think, he was a very clever one. Mm. Let's turn to another amazing statement he made, entitled, 360 movable joints in the human body. In Sayyid Muslim, number 1007, our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha, radiyallahu she relates, that our exalted messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, إِنَّهُ خُلِقَ كُلُّ إِنسَانٍ مِنْ بَنِيَ آدَمْ عَلَى سِتِّينَ وَثَلَاثُمَا أَتَمِفْسَنْ Verily, every one of the children of Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam, has been created with 360 i.e. movable joints. So again, a statement... Is it authentic? Yes, Sayyid Muslim. What did the Prophet say? The children of Adam, that's us. Unless you believe in evolution, right? So, every one of the children of Adam is created with what? 360 movable joints. What have they discovered? Sheikh Zaghlul al-Najjar, Hafizahullah, he clarified in his work, Scientific Precision in the Sunnah, page 184 to 8, quoting. It is amazing that Rasulullah mentioned the number of the body joints so precisely at a time when nobody had a clue about human anatomy. Even now in the 21st century, Many people still do not know the number of joints in their bodies, including many professors of orthopedics. So, stopping the quote. So, this is an expert in the field, a renowned scholar. He's telling you, and don't forget, he, you know, these are his contacts. 
orthopedics, they should know everything about bones. <laughs> That's their field. He's, I'm telling you, <laughs> in the 21st century, which is obviously which we're in, many of the professors don't know this. <laughs> then he said, I asked many of them and their answers varied. <laughs> A range between 200 and 300 bones and around 100 to 300 joints. So they gave me different answers. So he goes to the one professor, what do you think? He goes, 200. What do you think? 300. Right? So they give him, and he's saying, this is what they're telling me. Those joints mentioned in the hadith are the movable joints in the human body, which give the ability to the vertebral column and hence the whole body to move freely. It's not talking about fixed joints. The immovable joints as those joining the skull bones are not counted here. So this is very important to highlight. The Shaykh is saying, Rasulullah was referring to the movable joints, so not the fixed joints. The movable ones are known as the synovial joints. This is the technical term. For they contain a fluid known as the synovial fluid. This fluid allows friction-free movement of the bones by reducing direct contact. For example, the hip joint composed of the pelvic bone makes the hip and the whole leg movements easy and flexible. Another example is the hinge joint which enables man to easily bend the leg. Another type is the gliding joint of the wrist. And then he said, the joints are exactly 360. So then you go, right, okay. So let me get this straight. The people in the world today whose profession is to know about joints and bones, to be, you know, giving them a, you know, an giving them a helping hand, a few of them don't know how many joints they are. Because that's correct. Why don't they know? Because this is something which is an expert, it's a field of expertise. Right, okay, I understand that. Then how come a non-expert, who's not a, you know, what do you call it, an orthopedic physician, he got it right? And who's this orthopedic physician? Rasulullah. <laughs> what did he say? Each of the children of Adam have been created with 360 joints. Now be honest. Is it possible to get that light by chance? Of course it is. It's possible. What's the, what's the odds? No, even if, us, if you, before giving the hadith, ask the brother, brother, just what do you think? How many you know, movable joints do you think you've got? I guess they, you know, I'll be honest. If somebody even says 100, you think, not far off. 200, not far off. 300, not far off. Which one would say 360? Spot on. And then you go, oh no, you got it wrong. There's more. Said, no, no, I'm not talking about the fixed joints. I'm talking about the movable joints. How did the Prophet know that? Like I told you, he was given this knowledge by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had access to the lohim mahfuz. He was telling you this. Now what's interesting about the hadith, the Prophet wasn't just talking about joints. He then starts talking about deeds. And right at the end of the same hadith, he says, whoever offers two rakat salatul duha, he has shown gratitude for this. Mm -hmm. Now this is a very important part of the hadith. Why? 
We have to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for these joints. The reason we don't thank is because we haven't lost them. Ask the people who get older. When you start saying, you know, what would you do for your old knee? They, oh, they start, oh, they go, what's happening? Oh, you don't know. Then he goes, there you go. There's the shukr, a bit late, but it's nevertheless coming out now because they lost it. 360 joints. The Prophet said, you offer two rakat salatul duha, mid-morning prayer, nafal prayer. You've shown thanks for it. Now, why is that a very interesting part of the hadith? Because that is telling you the purpose of salatul duha. Mm-hmm. Salatul duha, what's the purpose of it? It's to show gratitude. <laughs> when he was going through Abdullah ibn Masood's blessed life, Radiyallahu, Rasulullah offered this prayer when he was given the good news of Abu Jahl's death. Gratitude. The Sahaba offered this prayer out of gratitude. Why? Because the Prophet's telling you it's a prayer of gratitude to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what did he say about gratitude? The Prophet said, if you are grateful, it is a suit to the blessings. You won't lose them. So if a person feels that, you know, his joints are not up to scratch or whatever, get Salatul Doha in quick. Start praying Salatul Doha. Why? Because you're thanking Allah for the joints. If you thank Allah, will make sure those joints aren't lost. And joints are very interesting. And think about it. You can't offer anything if something goes wrong with the flexible joints. Everything becomes so difficult. Even prayer, you see people, they can't pray standing because we can't, we can't go into the youth. It's too painful. Right? And you think, why? Because on my knees, my knees are really, you know, bad state. Why? Because that fluid has gone. Which fluid? The synovial fluid. Have you told you? Were you even aware of that? 360 joints and their fluid is there. Who put it there? Dawkins. Right? You're supposed to be thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What else did the Prophet talk about? Sallallahu alayhi wa he talked about Hilbati. Hilbati. Now what is Hilbati? It's fenugreek. The blessings of fenugreek. So what's the report? In Tabarani in his Kabir number 16,007, Tabarani in his Musnad Ash-Shamiyin number 401, Al-Haythami in Majma Az-Zawaid 5-44. Sayyidina Mu'ad ibn Jabal, radiyallahu, he relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa لَوْ تَعْلَمُ أُمَّتِي مَا فِي الْحِلْبَةِ لَشْتَرُوحَ وَلَوْ بِوَزْنَتِهَا ذَحْبَةً If my Ummah knew what good is in fenugreek, they would then buy it its weight in gold. So what did the Prophet Islam say? He talked about this herb, Hilbati, fenugreek. What did he say about it? He goes, if you knew the good in it, so stopping the report, did the Prophet know the good in it? Of course he did. But he didn't tell you what it was. If you knew the good in it, you would buy it in gold. It's weight. So imagine going to the shop and you say, uh, fenugreek please. He goes, yeah. And you get seeds. And the seeds are very hard. Very hard. You get it powdered as well. It's so cheap. I went to the shop, I thought, here we go. Fenugreek, you know, Hilbati, oh, mashallah, methi. Go and get it. So I went in it. One pound twenty. So, subhanallah. Then I thought to myself, what's the weight of this? And the Prophet said, you would give the weight in gold. So how much is a uh, hundred grams of gold? Roughly. 
Ten thousand pounds. Hundred grams. Is it? Wait a minute. So imagine I went to the yeah. cashier. Yeah, here's ten grand. <laughs> Give me ten grand for this for because I know what it's worth. <laughs> so now, what's special about it? <laughs> now think about it. Even mentioning fenugreek. <laughs> be honest. I never even heard of that verb. <laughs> so that, imagine somebody mentioning it one thousand four hundred years ago. Hilbati. Probably so. But looking at each other, what was exactly is that fenugreek? Sheikh Zaghloul Al Najjar. He clarified in his work scientific precision in the Sunnah, page two three one. Quote. There are many medicinal uses of fenugreek, such as promoting lactation, i.e. milk for the females, mm. as an appetizer for the digestive system in case of indigestion, anti-inflammatory when you get, you know, swelling of the joints, treating arthritis, mm. also in the treatment of various wounds. Fenugreek is also highly effective in treating diabetes, as it has been proved that two grams of powdered fenugreek is equivalent to one unit of insulin. The reason is fenugreek seeds contain zinc-related B chains, which affect the blood sugar level. So stop in the court. Hunger, many what? So when a person's diabetic, they put him on tablets, and if he if he if he gets too much out of control, they literally give him insulin, and it's an injection, and it's always a gram. One gram, two grams of this powder is equivalent to one unit of insulin, because that's proved. Then the sheikh said. They contain amino and sulfuric acids, which promote the production of active penicillin in the pancreas, as was indicated by Dr. Abdul Basit. He published these results in his valuable book, "Seeking Treatment in Natural Herbs and Prophetic Medicine." So he's got, like I said, he's got contacts. Another world expert. He's saying. It produces penicillin. What is penicillin for? Destroys bacteria. Your pancreas. Then he said, in his book, Doctor Abdul Basit assures that diabetic patients suffer from a disorder in the sulfur bond, which links B chains in order to produce active insulin molecule. Don't ask me what that means, but that's what he's saying. He goes, this is what's causing the diabetes. Giving sulfur in an organic form, such as fenugreek seeds, increases the efficiency of the pancreas, mm. which is useful in the treatment of diabetes. Mm. What produces insulin? The pancreas, mm. and it's, it does something amazing to the. It like basically wakes it up, <laughs> starts you know working. The engine starts working again. Fenugreek seeds contain twenty-nine percent proteins, six percent volatile and fixed oils, in addition to a high percentage of vitamin B one, B two, niacin, pantothene, the alkaloids trigonaline and choline, saponine, disogenin, 
methioline and trimethylamines. These substances highly affect symptoms of menstruation. Mm-hmm. So those who have pain, women, when they have their cycle, it's excellent for that. Mm-hmm. In the and I put this in the Indian subcontinent, fenugreek is called methi and can easily be obtained from any grocers. You know, if you ever go to a herbal expert, fenugreek, go to project with us. Yeah, right. But but my advice is get the powder. I tried the seeds, nearly broke my tooth. I got the seed and thought, oh, let's chew it. <laughs> I'm chewing it, chewing it, chewing it, and after about five minutes, I managed to crack into one. Then I was, is it in powder form? He goes, yeah. I thought, oh, give me the powder. Then you only do is you just get a spoon, you know, large teaspoon, put it in some, you know, half a glass of water, mix it, give it a good mix, knock it back, and it's a little bit sour, but it's sunnah. You know, and the Prophet said, if I'm not bothered about John Joe Bloggs and physician David. But once the prophet says it's worth his weight in gold, now I want to know what physician says. And physicians are saying, look, there's something about this that you need to know. But what's interesting, a lot of it is focused upon diabetes. So anybody who suffers from that ailment, take it. Take methi. Right? Put, you know, a teaspoon every day and then have it every morning, mashallah. And don't ask me whether I'm on a full stomach or a, you know, empty stomach, just have it in it. So note again, how did the Prophet know this? He's talking about things. And he didn't even go into details. Why? Because he goes, all I'm telling you is worth his weight in gold. Meaning, use it. So all I mentioned today was another three things from the prophetic knowledge. The first is, man is created from both the male and female gamut, which is proven. And the second was, 360 movable joints in the human body, which is proven. And thirdly, the incredible blessings of Hilba, Hilbati, Fenugreek, and again, amazing things which they have discovered. Are there any questions?